0: We fill our souls with one of the church's oldest Advent hymns, the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise to God. We will be in Luke 1 today, starting at verse 46, and I will read that in just a second. In this time of being home much more, our family has watched some TV shows that perhaps we wouldn't ordinarily have watched but have very much enjoyed. One of them is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, where a woman discovers she has the ability to hear the innermost thoughts of people through song. Sometimes it's people she knows well, and sometimes it's a total stranger standing next to her who just starts singing. Of course, no one can hear it except for her, even when everyone around her is dancing along to the music. The person spilling their secrets doesn't even know, which is why it works so well, because the vulnerability is real. There are some fantastic scenes, and there are also some very awkward ones, like hearing how her brother and wife feel about one another after they have a fight, or hearing about what a co-worker actually thinks about his job, and learning that Her best friend is actually in love with her. This is an interesting idea for a plot, isn't it? Zoe's superhero power that she discovers uh, that she has is listening on other people's hearts so that she can help them in some way. Of course, they have no idea that they're singing to her, so her interventions can sometimes get messy. I wonder sometimes how often a song pops into our hearts or minds that correspond with how we're doing or a situation going on in our lives. What we get to do today is to listen to Mary's heart as she sings for us. This song of Mary, which she composes on her travel to see family, captures the fullness of the redemption story of God in one moment and helps usher in a new day that her son Jesus will bring into the world. This is an original piece, yet like most songs, it's steeped in the richness of Mary's experience and understanding of her life. And we will also see how she draws from the ancient truths of scripture, which has been stored in her heart. So Luke 1, beginning at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. In remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this beautiful piece of scripture you inspired Mary to write. May your spirit engulf our hearts and minds with the truth you want us to know. In the name of Jesus. Mary's son, we pray. Amen. Our theme this Advent is about going on a journey. Most people have a playlist for a road trip that they take because music can get us going. It fills the long stretches of road when we are bored. It lifts our spirit. I love driving through random parts of the country and picking up local radio stations where you don't even know what you're going to hear but you're so surprised and thrilled by it. Since it evokes memories and feelings inside of us, music can also become part of what we remember when our trip is over. I have a vivid memory of our family driving through a beautiful stretch of Idaho when our daughter was about eight. She chose one of the playlists along with uh, some help from my sister. So we sang to Doris Day and Carly Rae Jepsen and Bruno Mars, quite an eclectic mix. And I remember thinking, this is a great moment. I don't want to forget. My soul was full at us being together and music was part of that. This is an unforgettable moment that Mary has. Remember that when the angel comes, Mary's perplexed. She's wondering what's happening. And after some of her questions are answered, she says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to what you have said. And with this, Mary joins the company of those who have responded to the summons of God before her and set a tone for those who would come after. Here I am, Lord, send me. But that is not when she sings her song. We might forget that as the narrative runs together. She actually breaks out her song on the road when she gets to Elizabeth's house. Mary is the first one on the journey to the manger. And along the way, this piece of poetry comes out of her soul this is the longest set of words spoken by a woman in the new testament and mary is mostly seen as we know as a mother but i encourage you to not look at these words with the lens that you might have gotten about mary along the way because here she is a not quite married teenage girl who is pregnant who has fled to the home of her cousin because her life has been abruptly upended. She's not a radiant, peaceful figure who's happily and compliantly going along her way, being only happy for the plight she's in. She's a courageous young woman who's walking into an unknown future. And these words show that she has great understanding of who God is and how he works we want to explore three ideas which mary communicates in these words which show us the kind of moment she is having as this moment of hers has great implications for all of us who follow christ today so first we see that this is a worship moment Mary walks in Elizabeth's home and God instantly brings them together in the kind of Holy Spirit moment that can't be manufactured. Because both women had already told God separately that they would be available to serve however they were needed, their hearts were ready for what happens next. Elizabeth said her baby left with joy at her cousin's arrival. And she sees this as a sign of revelation that Mary is carrying the long-awaited Messiah. Elizabeth's prayer of thanksgiving prompts Mary to pour out her heart. Later on, Jesus will teach, Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. God brings people together and all of a sudden, In his name, there's a tangible awareness of his presence, just as he has said and promised. Both women express great joy. When God makes himself known, people exult, they praise. Think about how that is true here in this moment, even though there are so many unknowns. Zechariah still can't speak. Mary doesn't know if Joseph is going to leave her or stay with her. Mary and Elizabeth can't fully comprehend what their children will grow to be and to do. But in this moment, God is with them. And that is enough. Whatever happens, he will walk with them. Often in worship, we are moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary is overcome. With joy. This is known as the Magnificat, which is Latin for my soul magnifies the Lord. She is rejoicing in God as her Savior because the angel has told her that her Son will reign over a kingdom that will have no end. Jesus will be called Son of the Most High. Mary rejoices because she has personal proof that God is alive and active in the world. Theologian Justo Gonzalez talks about how in Mary's song, like others found in scripture, this is about reversal, he says. Praise is the natural response when God reverses the direction of one's life, especially if there has been emptiness or sadness or shame before. This is a theme in Luke, who will show that Jesus comes to bring change to people's lives. The Lord comes to turn things around, and these women are among the first to worship God for bringing salvation. When we think about it, isn't that why we worship God? One of the reasons? Because he has reversed the trajectory of our lives, so we sing of his goodness and mercy. We remember his act on the cross, his grace for us when we didn't deserve it. We exalt the name of Jesus who has given us the power to turn around and go in the opposite direction when we were headed in the wrong way. God changes what we believe about what we know to be true and good. He shows us what actually is valuable inviting us to surrender our life in him. He reverses how we treat others, showing us and teaching us what it means to love and to forgive those in our lives. So let us pause for a moment with the Lord, seeing how we have lived out this truth in our walk with him. God is the one who always initiates contact with us first in some form. He gives the invitation and the impetus to know Him. Jesus meets us in our worship, in our times of quiet, in our times corporately, together with His people, where we celebrate the grace that we have received through His death and resurrection. He gives us the playlist of our spiritual walk with Him. When we meet in remembrance and hope for the future so as we think about this let us continue to magnify the name of our lord together secondly this is a moment about god's character as mary is pointing out god's greatness she names the qualities that he possesses but i want to start a little bit before that and talk about her awareness of who she is With relationship to the Lord. Whenever we worship God, we realize how small we are in comparison to Him. And Mary does that here. She says she is a lowly servant in the presence of God's authority and grandeur. Mary knows she's not that significant. Yet she also recognizes that all generations will say how blessed she is. To be chosen by God in this way is an honor. And Mary's humility is in contrast to all those who grumble about wanting to be special, or even how we see the notion of being blessed. A few years ago, people on social media were talking a lot about being blessed. This word's It gets bandied around a lot, not just on social media, but out there in the world, both in sacred and in secular settings. And sometimes it can be a nebulous term that doesn't mean much outside of the context of God. On social media especially, though, people can put how hashtag blessed they are for all kinds of reasons that don't have anything to do with what true blessing is. In everyday usage, hashtag blessed has come to mean having a life full of amazing relationships or having one's wants supplied or being surrounded by some kind of beauty. Now I'm all for expressing gratitude and acknowledging thanks, but sometimes it just seems as though people are just expressing a shallow good fortune or bragging as in my life is better than your life. For a while, it also became a virtual sport to track how many times hashtag blessed came up, especially for ridiculous things. By the standards of our day and context, Mary would not really seem to be hashtag blessed. She doesn't have much power or wealth, soon she will be disgraced in her community with or without Joseph, she will give birth in a barn, she will have to leave in a hurry and go to Egypt to save her son's life. Her son will be ridiculed for his ministry and murdered before her eyes. What she sings about here has little to do with the temporary world which we so often focuses in on, but all of us are passing through this place. This isn't our home, which is why we need to pay attention to how Mary focuses in on the astounding attributes of God, the God who has given her the honor of serving him. So I wanna read the qualities of God that she lists here so that we can take a moment and worship him as well. She says, God is mighty and holy. He is great, he is merciful, he is perfect, He is everlasting. God is strong. He's a provider. He's one who lifts up the weak. He's faithful. He's a helper. And the Savior. Mary is blessed because she knows God owes her nothing. And yet in him, she finds everything. Those who know him, who trust in him, don't just have what they need, but they have a purpose, a chance to live an adventure of a lifetime. Yet the life that God will birth through all of that pain will be redemptive for her and for the whole world. Mary sings of God's character in this moment. And as she does, we need to keep in mind that she's not just speaking in general, nebulous, abstract terms, One of the most powerful aspects of this song is how rich it is in the scriptures she must have been trained in as a child. It's full of the symbolism and the truth that we find in the Hebrew writings. She knows the promise to Abraham. Her words closely mirror Hannah's song, the mother of Samuel, and she stands on the shoulders of faithful women and men who came before her those who are part of the people of God, who tried to live out a relationship with Yahweh in their context on their own journeys. The praise that we read through the Bible, the praise that we give, the praise that is heard every moment of every day around the world is given to a God who is intimately involved in the lives of those who seek to honor him. Mary's song leads us to know our God more, to worship him because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is continuity in his character and in his life in us. Lastly, this is a prophetic moment. Here we see Mary is preaching, not just about the goodness of God, but also about the world he is shaping with his will. Listen to this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer who spent much of his life before he was killed resisting the powers that be. The Song of Mary is the oldest Advent hymn. It at once the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary Advent hymn ever sung. This is not the gentle, tender, dreamy mary whom we sometimes see in paintings this song has none of the sweet nostalgic or even playful tones of some of our christmas carols it is instead a hard strong inexorable song about the power of god and the powerlessness of humankind wow This is not just a nice poem from a young woman who is pregnant. Mary is throwing down and speaking prophetically about the actions of God, both those who fear him and also those who oppose him. This song is an outward expression of her understanding of God's mercy, of his egalitarian nature and his moral perfection With the coming of the Messiah, whom she will bear, the old order will be broken up. He will scatter the proud in their hearts. He will bring down the powerful from their thrones. He will lift up the lowly. God is the ultimate authority on earth. He will not put up with our rebelliousness, the sin of our oppression, our pride, in what we think is right, or our idols forever, her words are absolutely consistent with all of scripture about the actions and the nature of God. And just like all the other prophets, she speaks in the past tense and the future tense and the present altogether. in verse 51 through 55, as she points to a future God will establish as if it's already happened. Now, these words of Mary have been seen as subversive and threatening to certain powers who actually have censored them. Under British rule, the Magnificat was banned from being sung in churches in India. In the late 1970s, during the Dirty War in Argentina, mothers of children who had disappeared put posters up of Mary's words all over the Capitol Plaza, using them as nonviolent resistance to those in control. And this prompted the military junta to ban all public displays of that song. Similar stories are told in other places. Dr. Benjamin Wayman, who grew up in this church, has a terrific article that just came out about why Christians protest. He says the first chapters of Luke read like a musical. Anytime something important happens, people break out into song. And all of these songs, he says, are protest songs. Luke's version of the gospel, Ben says, is that God is forming a people prepared for the Lord, a people courageous and loving enough to not leave the world as it is, but to offer them a new way, which is the kingdom of God. And the preeminent protest song is Mary's. So Mary's song challenges people who wield earthly power. Mary's song challenges people of faith to recognize that God's work starts now on earth. And those who call themselves by his name have to be about the business of feeding the hungry of lifting up those who are low, of giving dignity to those who have nothing. We can't be lulled into anything that keeps the earthly status quo if it goes against God's redemptive actions on behalf of the poor and the powerless. God honors Mary and she shows she understands the platform of the new day which her son will usher in. And this prophetic word will be affirmed by Simeon in the temple as Jesus is dedicated by John the Baptist and by Jesus himself through his teachings and his sacrifice. And it continues to be lived out by those who seek to bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And those who oppose God will try to continue to silence and persecute those who carry on in the name of Jesus. In Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, she is always surprised at how much she didn't know about the person until they start singing and what is inside their heart. We've had Mary song for a long time, and yet still, Each year on our journey to the manger, there is something God has for us to learn through her story. Her song makes us wonder about what we're singing to God in this season of our lives. And as we look at the world around us, we see how much people are in need of the vision God has and the salvation he came to offer. Where would he have us protest and act on his behalf as his people how much do we humbly need to come before God so that he can reveal his heart and his will to us in this time of Advent we wait for Jesus to come again and reign as King so let us make sure that our wills are aligned with his and the vision that he has clearly laid out in his word for us is what we are about. Let us pray. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.